Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey folks, hope you're having a great Monday night in the NHL. Second period, Ducks lead the Red Wings 4-1. Penguins up 3-1 on the Wild. No score, early second, Canadians and Jets. Dallas leads Seattle 2-0, almost 13 minutes into the game and Panthers and Flames will play a little bit later on. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer today. The Monday nighter, the Eagles open the game with a 15 play, 75 yard drive. And now they force the Seahawks to go three and out, four and a half minutes left in the first quarter, seven nothing for the 10 and three Eagles against the six and seven Seahawks. For our farm report, Courtesy Wave Bathroom Renovations, professional bathroom renovations built right. Hire Wave Bathroom Renovations and know that your bathroom will turn out great. We welcome back to where there's now Bakersfield Condors head coach Colin Chalk. Colin, you're on with Reed today. How are you doing? Doing very well, Reed. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. A pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for uh, checking in tonight. I'm just going to dive right in here. Uh, Before I ask about a couple players specifically, your most recent game uh, turned out to be a bit of a tough one, 5-2 loss to Coach Coach El Valley. How did you play in that one? How were they able to sort of pull away early in the second period? Yeah, you know, I, I I thought our team uh, I thought our team played well. You know, um, you know, there's a few uh, a few goals that we I think we'd like to have back, but um, you know, like you said, it got a little bit out of reach there in the second period. But uh, you know, the feel on the bench and and watching the tape back, that uh, you know, we felt like it was it was a much closer game than that. Um, Ollie came in and in relief and stopped 15 to 16, uh, which was good. And uh, you know, we we had a good meeting today. We we talked about a few points of emphasis and we. Had I had a good hard practice, and uh, it's on to the next one. Philip Broberg has been uh, with the Condors for a few games now. I know he scored in a in a previous game. Uh, is, is he is he playing a lot, and how's he looking when he's out there? Yeah, Bro- Broby's playing a lot. I, you know, I, I believe his his first game, uh, Danny was at twenty played twenty four minutes, and it was a little bit tougher on the back to back just because he hasn't played uh, much, you know, in the recent seasons. But uh, you know, we're we're uh, we're excited to have him. Um, you know, he's in our top pairing. He's he's playing both special teams. Uh, he's logging you know twenty plus minutes a night. You know, it's you know it's, sometimes it's a little less, sometimes it's a little more. But you know, we're we're definitely uh, uh, playing him a ton, and then uh, Keith and Cambridge doing a fantastic fantastic job working with him and and uh you know 
as far as uh, getting him ready to be an NHL player again, you know, we're, we're getting his confidence up, we're getting his reps up, and um, you know, whenever the Oilers feel like that uh, they're ready or needed, um, you know, we're, we're happy to do so. I know you get asked about this guy a lot, but I got to go there again with Jack Campbell, who uh, has had some good games with you guys, but uh, he didn't finish on Saturday. It was pulled about halfway through the game, four goals on 21 shots. So the stats don't necessarily tell the entire story. Uh, how was Jack's game on Saturday? Yeah, you know, like you know, Jack's in a tough spot, right? And he, um, he he's down here, he's dialing, he's had a great attitude, he's practicing hard, all that, all that kind of stuff, you know. But you know, uh, like you said, you're, you know, everyone's getting asked a lot, and it's uh, it's obviously a top of the conversation and understanding the circumstances. But you know, and Jack knows that you know he's made some good saves and he's had some good games, but uh, not all the goals. But there are some goals that you know he can make the saves, and he's made those saves. So th- those are the the ones that. Um, you know, and there was a few on Saturday that, you know, that are very savable pucks. Uh, when those go in, it, 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 it's tough to come back from, um, you know, and, and and we're not given a lot of run support either. But, you know, those, uh, the, the goals that uh, the goaltender coach and, uh, you know, really uh, most people see that those go in, it's tough. And when one goes in, you got to score two to get it back, right? And, um, you know, so uh, that that was the reason uh, reason for the poll. And, uh, you know, Jack came to, came to work today and was focused and, uh, you know, had a smile on his face and was upbeat, had a good attitude, and that's what he has to do. And just He's got to think about moving on to the next one. I want to ask you about another player, uh, and I had the opportunity to interview him on my show uh, last year, and, and I know, you know, he was in, in camp and, and made some good plays. How is Philip Kemp doing? Oh, Kemper, he's he's a glue guy. You know, I, I really would like to see him get an opportunity at some point um, uh, and just see how he, how he would do in a, in a National League game. Uh, but Kemper, he's a glue guy. The guys love him. He, uh, you know, whatever it takes to block a shot, if whether it's space, whether it's his foot uh, or his chest, whatever it is, uh, he's got a sneaky hard shot. Uh, and, you know, and, and uh, he's a team first guy. He's a leader, you know. Um, so, you know, right shot defense, I mean, his hard nose keeps it simple. Uh, you know, it's not pretty, but, uh, you, you know, he keeps the puck out of the net. And, and uh, you know, he's definitely all team first. So he, he's, some, he's someone that uh, you're always cheering for as a coach. Yeah, interesting guy to watch for sure. And I saw Lavoie got his eighth on the weekend. Yeah, you know, Rafi, uh, you know, was uh, was a, just a dominant offensive force, and uh, you know, exciting for him to get his first first call and, and played some National League games, which was great. And then, uh, you know, he's been able to penalty kill a little bit for us when he came back, and you know, it was nice to see him uh, find the back of that again, just uh, going the net and putting a dirty one in as a rebound. And you know, Rafi's got a lethal shot, and and um, you know, he's, he's had some uh, that he's missed, and you know, he's kind of streaky when he gets hot uh, and he hits the net. That's pretty tough for the goaltenders. That's for sure. All right, Colin. What's uh, a couple more games before Christmas? So what, what's going on this week? And then how does the break work in the AHL? Uh, we got we have a three day um, a three day break. We got Calgary here at home, and then uh, Tucson at home, and then we finish in Coachella Valley, and then we have the 20, uh, 24, 25, and twenty six off, and then now uh, we're home against Henderson on the twenty seventh. So short break. Uh, I believe we got six. Uh, I think it's about six in the next twelve days, six games. So uh, you know, a little break in between there, which would be nice, and guys get to have some uh, some uh, family time and that kind of stuff, and uh, could enjoy Christmas dinner and uh, get back to work. Right on. Okay. Well, Colin, great to have you on the show. Thanks for uh, updating how things are going there. Uh, Good luck here. Your three games coming up before Christmas. Really appreciate it. 
Awesome. Well, take some luck. Thanks. Uh, and uh, Merry Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas to you as well. Right on. That is Colin Chalk, head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, checking in tonight your farm report for Wave Bathroom Renovations. So, Broberg getting to play uh, a lot. Uh, it sounds like Lavoie's doing well, and the uh, I guess kind of the rocky ride continues for for Jack Campbell. As as uh, Chalk said, you know there were some savable pucks that uh, didn't get saved on the weekend, so he continues to work on his game. Skinner and Pickard continue to be the goaltenders here in Edmonton. Will there be a change? Will there be a change at some point? Can they possibly bring somebody in at some point? Royal Pizza, good pizza. Get a $10 bonus for every $50 gift card purchased until December 31st. You can visit royalpizza.ca. We got this day in Oilers history. We'll chat with Dave Campbell, who's doing inside sports for me tonight. Read in for Bob on Oilers now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, read in for Bob today. Remember that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin is well known for their top shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048. Your Ford Truck Authority on Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. All right. Dave, let's do this day in Are you going to do it? I'll do it. This day in Oilers history. <laughs> for, for new Would you like travel. to flip a coin? We're such a good team. <laughs> Join in an exclusive 14-day trip to Newfoundland in June to see the Iceberg Festival. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. On this day in 1983, so that would have been, what, 40 years ago? Yeah. We're getting old, buddy. Yes, we are. Wayne Gretzky becomes the fastest player in the NHL to reach the 100-point plateau in just 34 games. He scores two goals, has two assists in a 7-5 Oilers win over the Winnipeg Jets at the old Winnipeg Arena. The Queen watching. It does not exist anymore, the Winnipeg Arena. It does not exist. It's... uh, in the Polo Park area by the old, another stadium that does not exist. That would be the old Winnipeg Stadium, or as I remember it, the Canada Inn Stadium. That's right, when yeah. it got the sponsor. Yes. And I noticed how you put on here, as an aside, Ken Linsman took five minor penalties in the game. They call them the rat, you know. <laughs> Back then, that was normal. <laughs> yeah. Five minor penalties? That's it? So Gretzky got to 100 points in 34 games. So I remember in McDavid's second season, first year Rogers place, 16-17, he led the NHL in scoring with 100 points, which he got to in the last game of the year. Isn't that crazy? Now, we are getting in, into a higher scoring year. Well, he got 100 points in the 56-game season, remember? He got yes, that's right. Which is pretty impressive. Yes. Though a fair chunk of that was against Ottawa over and over again. <laughs> but... <laughs> 9-0 against the lowly Sens. Yeah, uh, Ottawa would have been a five, above 500 if they had not played the Oilers nine times yeah, and lost, right. lost all the games. All right, that's fun. Uh, good show today. Mac T was on. Frank Cervelli. We just had the farm report with Colin Chalk. Uh, read in for Bob today. Oilers and Islanders tomorrow. So what are we going to have? Oilers now at 2.30. That's correct. Face-off show at 4, game at 5.30. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I, I'm not calling this a six-game road trip because... They, it's kind of, it's two three game road trips back to back. Yeah, really. So three on the East Coast, Christmas, and then three on the West Coast. They're not going straight from the uh, East Coast to the West Coast. 
Okay, I got to ask you something about football. Okay. So Philly's playing tonight. Yeah. The, the Seahawks actually made them punt, which is a victory. Seven wow. nothing Eagles late in the first quarter. So the tush push, the brotherly shove, or as we've called it here in Canada for a century, the quarterback sneak. <laughs> now this, but here's the thing: they're they're shoving the ball carrier forward, which I, I believe is not legal in the CFL. No, you can't. Not, not from the start of the snap. Right. No. And I, it should be that way. I don't like it. I don't mind that if you're trying to um, improve the forward progress of the ball carrier and you see a couple of linemen start pushing, that's fine, in my opinion. Um, but it shouldn't be from the start of the snap that you line up two hoggies uh, behind the quarterback and you start pushing. That's not that's not football, in my opinion. Well, the commissioner doesn't like it, Roger Goodell. To change Good. the rule, they'd have to get 24 teams to vote it down. That made, the, the, from what I've read, it doesn't appear to be support for that right now. Okay, I'm at, at first I liked it because I thought, yeah, it's the good old quarterback sneak. Get in there, push for that yard. Don't you know you want to go for it fourth and one or it's a third and short yardage? Make sure you get the yard. As we've seen it more and more this year, I've kind of started to think it might have to be changed, and for a few reasons. First of all, I I wonder if at some point there's going to be a mass of humanity all topple in one direction and you're going to have three broken legs in one pile. Yeah, that's valid. Or whatever. Some sort of bad injury on somebody, and if it's a quarterback especially, then the football world will be unhappy with it. Mm -hmm. I think it's... This might seem really ticky-tack, but I'm going to bring it up. I think it's getting harder for the officials to enforce the neutral zone. Now, that Kansas City guy, the receiver, got the penalty last week. Kadarius Tony, yeah. Because now they have to enforce that neutral zone because if teams line up for the brotherly shove, everybody's leaning in there with your helmet and getting your hand as close to the ball as you can. Yeah, that's a good point. And and Philly had a brotherly shove, I believe, last week negated for an offensive offside. Yeah. They, they said a guy was too far forward. So it's when they're all bunched in there, it's harder and harder to enforce. It clouds everything up, right? And, and then the officials will say, well, if we're going to call it on the brotherly shove, we got to call it on the Kansas City guy who has his foot offside. Now, grant that he was offside, but... You know, if it's closer than that, they might feel like they still have to call it. The other problem that I'm starting to have with it is now we're seeing it in other parts of the field. And you indicated that you're okay with it, but I'm going to give you a, a circumstance and circumstances well, we're starting to see. Sorry, I'm okay. I'm not okay with the tush push when I don't agree with with uh, two old linemen standing behind the quarterback. Okay. And, and then you push them. I, I don't like that. Because I do think there's a health and safety issue there too. I do, I do agree. But I just think it's, I just think it's not football. It's rugby. So the the thing that we're, that not worries me, but that I'm starting to wonder about. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I don't sit up at night worrying about the brotherly shove. I hope not. But yesterday, I, I think it was it was one of the Dow. I didn't wind up watching the whole game because Buffalo pulled away. So it was Buffalo's first or second touchdown. The running back got to the three yard line, kind of gets stood up bunch of Buffalo players converge around him and push him into the end zone. If I'm Dallas and defensive coordinators in this situation, I'm saying, wait a minute, we stopped his forward progress. Right. Just because he kept his legs moving <laughs> doesn't mean he was moving forward. I mean, he could yeah. be running on the spot. 
So you can't give the offensive player the benefit of the doubt and saying, well, he's sort of stopped, but here come his 10 teammates to push him as far as possible. See, when I saw that play, I'm going, well, hang on a second. They held him up at the three. So when does forward progress end? Right. And then it, it was like a half, a, a second and a half delay. It felt, or it felt like that anyway. And then, you, like you say, then the you know the big guys on Buffalo start pushing James Cook over. And I'm going, well, wait a second. His forward progress to me, in real time, looks stopped. Right. So why are you letting? The uh, Hoggies go up there, the old linemen go up there and push them forward. Right. So now, and again, this could also lead to more injuries, But so, so we've seen it on the quarterback sneak. But now our running backs or receivers carrying the ball going to be like, okay, I'll get held up, and instead of going down like I usually would, I'll just keep my feet moving just a little bit, and then all my buddies come and keep shoving me. See, this is the frustration with NFL officiating, and I don't like harping on officiating, but their standard is... It's all over the place every week, and you know that's that's another that's another part of the game that has to be. Or, or as far as officials are concerned, you have to tighten that up. If James Cook's forward progress is stopped at the three, and it's pretty easy to tell if the forward progress has been stopped because he's not moving anymore. The right. defender has held him up, right, and he's not moving forward anymore. Then call it. Whistle it down. I don't know why they're not calling it uh, a dead ball at that point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But the tush push, I don't like. I, 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 it doesn't as, make as sense a tactic, to me. I don't mind. Like, they haven't broken any rules, but I, I wonder at some point if they're, if they're going to make an adjustment. And no. they're going to say it just leads to gray areas and refs can't see everything that's going on in the pile and we can't see clearly who's offside and who isn't. That they, that they might just have to do something See, like that. Football coaches hate gray area, except when it's their gray area, well, then they're it okay with it. Them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, but I, I mean, I have no problem with the Eagles and other teams doing it. If you can do it and you have the personnel to do it, no, absolutely, do it. But I, I'm wondering if it'll wind up taking more away from the game than it's adding to it. Yeah, I guess that's what I would say. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, do we have time for a couple messages before I hand it off to Dave? Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, Dallin from Whitecourt text again and says, "Hey, Wilkie, my father is down in Coachella Valley. Heard Campbell got shelled four goals and twenty one shots. Figured he'd be there for a while with performances like that. Going to be there for the game on the twenty third. Hope it's a better outing. Five million dollar goalie needs some confidence in shellings like that." Likely not helping. That's Dallin from Whitecourt. It's too bad for Jack Campbell. I, I, I mean, I said it over a year ago. I believe I said if in if in November of 2023 Campbell is still playing poorly, it's going to be a pretty bad contract. Well, I got to stick by that. It's now December, and it's a pretty bad contract. I really thought, given how he played, even late last season, and then in this preseason, that he was going to bounce back. Clearly, it hasn't happened. I feel bad for Campbell, the individual. I know some people don't. They say, who cares? He's he's paid to play. He sucks. You know, he should burn. I don't feel that way. I, I do feel bad for him as an individual. But from an Oilers organizational standpoint, this is a problem. It's it's a problem that Skinner has to play this much. Mac T touched on it. I think Calvin Pickard is a, a respectable goalie. I mean, maybe he's a, a 2B as opposed to a 3 or, you know, he, but... Yeah, I, I don't know if you can rely on him to play every third game like you might want to. I mean, could you get... I see these rumors, well, claim Antiranta. 
uh, okay, trade for Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh, okay, trade for Jordan Bennington. Well, you're probably giving them a first, maybe two firsts. Which they might be okay Broberg with. Which they might be and okay Campbell, with. Like if you want them to take Campbell's contract. Yeah. They might be okay with that. I'd say keep an eye on that with Bennington. You know, I know I reported earlier this year, and someone I did trust me, did someone I did I do trust reported that the Oilers had sniffed around Bennington. Of course they did. They probably sniffed around <laughs> seventy goalies in yeah. the NHL, the <laughs> NHL. So anyway, yeah, it's it's too bad for Cam. I I thought maybe we, if he was playing well enough, we might see him this week, but we're not going to. No, and really, I don't know how you can move forward with him as an NHL player on your roster. I just don't know how you can do it. It still feels like there's a pretty large canyon for him to jump. Yeah, unfortunately. As Calvin Picker is a 2B, I think there's more trust in Calvin Pickard as a 2B than there is in Jack Campbell right now. There might be, yeah. yeah. Which uh, is not a good statement. Hit me with one more if we got time, Kelly. Yeah, one more here from Andy, a carpet guy. Texts again says, oh, uh, nice Hi, Reed. <laughs> I think uh, Xavier Borgold has the speed and the puck skill to get uh, to Oilers ace uh, Leon Dreisaitl's offensive game cooking. Uh, do you guys agree? Uh, I don't think it'll happen this year. I think Lavoie would come up before Borgold. Yeah, I, I think. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good option. I think Warren Fogle has played well with Dry Seidel. Just unfortunate. Look, the sixth forward on the top six, we're just dealing with this problem again. Well, and you he, know what's crazy? Yamamoto has six goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which. Come on. Which is uh, six more than Connor Brown. Yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. I mean, look, I think they're playing, despite the two losses, I think over the last 10 games, we've seen the team that they truly are 10 and 5 under Knobloch but hey there's still things to fix that they gotta keep working on okay so tomorrow by the way Dave's gonna do Inside Sports you got Kelly Rudy I do which is weird he's awesome but I love it I always love talking to Kelly whenever I'm in the host chair thanks to Kellen Kennedy for the studio producing work tonight Brian Lawton with Bob tomorrow for Wow Factor Desserts. So Oilers now at 2.30. I'll have the face-off show at 4. Game is at 5.30. Oilers at Islanders. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.